At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barn. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. On all the social media accounts, it's, of course, hashtag S-G-N in Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, you can get us there as well. Make sure you listen to our weekend show, Wanna Bet Weekend Edition, airing in over 100 places around the country. So, guys, listen. We are doing a draft day special, so we're out a little bit early this week because the draft can be very profitable. But I have to warn you guys, lots of pitfalls when you're talking about betting the NFL draft. Betting the NFL draft has really taken on a life of its own. It's really gotten to a point where when you start to talk about the NFL draft, you forget that it's relatively new being this absolute craziness and and what ridiculous kind of spectacle it has become. I go back to when I was a kid and I remember, you know, being, (laughs) you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, sitting around on a Saturday morning. All my friends are outside playing, having fun. And I'm going, yeah, I'm going to watch the draft and watching five rounds of the draft over the course of the weekend and and just being there all day long and watching it. It was not a giant event, though. It wasn't broadcast really crazily. It wasn't this big, you-must-watch sort of event. Then as I got older, and this is just my personal story on it, my first real job in radio, I was dabbling a little bit, but my first real job in radio, I was the draft day assignment guy for the very first draft that I did was Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. And I was that guy. And... I was going to watch the draft and follow the draft, follow the, the kids, give the draft analysis. Um, I was sort of my radio station's Mel Kuyper, or at the time, that's what they were grooming me to be. Now, I continued to do that as I got my own show, and I continued to go. I always really kept a good, detailed eye on the draft, and I was always able to evaluate talent, see how other teams reacted, was able to scout things. So I love the draft. And even going into now... You know, on my weekend shows, on my shows in Las Vegas, on, on all kinds of... I devote a lot of time to the NFL draft. Even as I transitioned out of radio at that point in my career and now into sports betting, 
I always seem to be able to go, okay, I can find some edges here. Now, you, had, you used to have to bet on offshores, and you didn't have a lot of bets. It was kind of who's going to be the number one pick. You'd have two or three prop plays. Well, since the legalization of sports betting has taken hold over the last couple of years here, it's exploded, guys. This now has become a situation where a smart sports betting and a smart sports betting handicapper can really look at the field and they can say, all right, let's be able to pick this, this, and this out. They're giving so many prop plays. They're giving so many opportunities to make plays. I liken it like the Super Bowl. When you give me five or six sheets of pages, I'm going to find three, four mistakes that your lines makers made. I'm going to be able to find that and capitalize on that. Now, I do understand that the general public probably going to lose. They're going to lose because they're going to go on the big number, the big names, the big numbers, the big spots. Sure, they're going to do this the right way. But the draft is unlike any other positions when you're talking about your positioning as a sports book. The numbers are out of control, not only from month to month, week to week, but also from sports book to sports book. So this is the one time I have to urge you more than ever, and you guys know I urge you all the time, but more than ever to shop around. You know, I talk about the Super Bowl and prop plays a couple of years ago, and it was the first Super Bowl ever in Atlantic City. And I was in Atlantic City, and I remember the Super Bowl MVP. And I, I remember, for those that are not familiar with Atlantic City, the boardwalk runs on the backside of all of the casinos. So you could take a car, go out to the main street, or you can just walk the boardwalk or get one of those little kind of boardwalk trolleys. It's the guy behind you, and he kind of pushes you along. You can do that. But the boardwalk is a couple miles long, at least a mile between some of the casinos. And those that don't know, you have Ocean Casino and Hard Rock and resorts all the way on one end. And then all the way on the other end, you have Bally's, Caesars, Tropicana, and the like down there. Now, there's a big gap in between. Now, I remember being there on Super Bowl morning and being able to find Super Bowl MVP odds that were so drastically different. And I remember being there a couple of years uh, ago, and, and this was when Tom Brady and the Patriots took on the Rams. And you look back and you go, okay, so Tom Brady was eight to one to win the Super Bowl MVP at one sports book, four to one at the other on the other side. And you can walk all the way there. Now, we do have all of this in our pockets now, so it's a lot easier. But it does go to show you how unbelievably different the lines can be. And I see this here early on with prop plays. My circus sports put out their prop plays and the Superbook put out their prop plays. And you start to look at all those and compare them and compare the line movements as well, which is absolutely insane. Some of the line movements, things that you can get. And I did bet in mid January were vastly different than April. And let me tell you, April 6th is completely different than April 26th, 20 days later. We have had massive line movements. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into who has now been overvalued, who can still be undervalued, because there are a lot of big-time line movements out there that really make your eyes open up. And in a draft like this, where there isn't a lot of, we'll say, hoopla out there, there's not a lot of extravagance yet out there, I expect even more movement as we move on. Now, I will say this. For those that are listening a day or so early, there are times where some sports books will pull down draft day prop plays on the day itself. Sometimes they'll pull them down 
the afternoon of Thursday. Some of them will. I don't know how that's going to happen this week. I've asked a couple of sportsbook directors. No one's really given me a clear, concise answer. I do also believe that being in Vegas, you probably won't get a lot of these things taken down. I have a lot of friends in Vegas. I've been doing radio in Vegas for now almost 11 years. And I have a lot of friends in Vegas. I have a lot of connections in Vegas with sports books and whatnot. They are treating this like a massive, enormous event. Now, the rest of the country might be a little down on the draft. And I've seen polls and I've spoken to people and they are down on the draft. Why? Well, there's no number one clear-cut quarterback out there. Really no number one clear-cut pick. There is a lack of quarterback. And when you have those generational type quarterbacks, the Trevor Lawrences and whatnot, obviously the draft is going to be hyped up. I think it's great that the draft is in Las Vegas and I've seen the stage being built. I've watched the setup of it. It's going to be cool. I I mean, it's going to be fantastic. They're going to, for those that don't know, they're going to be able to walk out onto a stage that is a floating stage on the Bellagio fountains, right? So, Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to have the fountains behind them. Maybe like after every pick, you spark the fountains up or whatnot. But I've seen the floating stage. Now, besides the floating stage, they also have a giant canopy. And you walk down the canopy and you're able to kind of, uh, you know, do the interactive, the sports interactive there and the fans interactions there. You can take pictures with Super Bowl Lombardi trophies. So, I mean, it's look, Vegas is going to do things the right way anyway. Vegas is going to be able to be the showman and put on the show. And I'm hoping that that saves this NFL draft. I really do. Because we've had NFL drafts where the players push the narrative. We've had NFL drafts where the NFL seems to push the draft. I haven't seen a lot of NFL draft commercials. I haven't seen a lot of pushing this narrative. The draft, it seems almost secondary this year, which is a shame. It really is a shame. Now, It could be like 2013, which was an absolutely terrible draft. You go back and you look at that 2013 draft, and I mean, ouch. It it hurts your eyes. It really does. You could go back and look at many, many drafts, and I would go as far to say this is the worst draft in the history of the NFL draft. Um, Eric Fisher was the number one pick. Luke Jokel, number two. Deion Jordan, number three. Lane Johnson, number four. (laughs) Ansa, number five. Kevius Mingo, 6, Jonathan Cooper, 7, Tavon Austin, 8, D. Milner, 9, and Chase Warmack 10. Ouch. I mean, ouch. You know, later on in the draft, you have, e- even later on, you know, guys like Sheldon Richardson, solid. Kenny Vaccaro was a solid. But the first quarterback going off, E.J. Manuel was the first quarterback going off, and he went off at 16. Eric Reed at 18, eh, never really did. Kyle Long was a solid pick by the Bears at 20, I guess we could say. Solid. Xavier Rhodes was good by Minnesota at 25. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, at 27. Uh, Cordell Patterson, 29. It just wasn't a very good draft. Even getting into the Manti Teo at 38 and, and Darius Slay at 36. Even getting into the second round. Just not a lot of talent. Buffalo Bill selected Robert Woods at 41. He's solid. Le'Veon Bell went at 48. All right. Um, Jamie Collins at 52, but I, I'm look, look at what I'm doing here. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey went at 63. That that's the uh, the steal of the draft right there. But I'm going down the list, and you can see just a really dull top part of the draft. Eric Fisher became a good player. I mean, he was a solid player, number one overall. 
but he doesn't give that that kind of oomph. And going offensive tackle, offensive tackle in the first two and three of the first four will certainly tell you something. The first position player off the board that was an impact position player, especially for fantasy guys out there, was Tavon Austin at number nine. And then you didn't have another player that played an offensive position of a skill position until E.J. Manuel at 16 and, and then Tyler Eifert at 21. So in the entirety of the first round, uh, and then we had Hopkins and Cornell Patterson late in the, but the entirety of the first round, five guys that went either quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, five. So I don't know if it's going to be that kind of draft, but you start to look at the early outlook of this kind of draft and you go, yeah, look, we we are minus 1,000 is the number that a defensive lineman, edge rusher, will go number one. Minus 1,000. Offensive line is second at plus 330. That's the offensive line. So the first pick in the draft, more than likely, is going to be a defensive lineman. If not, it's going to be an offensive lineman. It's just kind of ho-hum at that point. And look, I'm not making these rules up. I'm somebody that tells you all the time, I like defense more than offense. I would build my team on offensive line. First pick in the draft, I'm taking an offensive line. I have spoken to general managers around the league that will tell me the most important player on the field is a quarterback. After quarterback, it's left tackle. After left tackle, it's an edge rusher. After an edge rusher, it's a cornerback. I mean, they don't get into wide receivers, running backs, until way down the line. It just doesn't happen. So I'm not telling you it's right or wrong. I'm telling you the public's perception. The public perception, more times than not, is just superstar players, skilled players, skilled players that are on my fantasy team or will eventually contribute to my fantasy team. That's how the public looks at these things. That's how the public goes about kind of getting interested. And because there are not a lot of quarterbacks out here early on, well, the public may kind of get a little disinterested. It also is a negative for this draft that you have the Jets and the Giants each picking twice in the first 10 picks. Now, if you're a Jet or a Giant fan, you're ecstatic. That's fantastic. Oh, good stuff, right? I mean, if you're a Jet or a Giant fan, you're loving life. But for other fan bases, you've got to sit through, think about how long the draft is. I mean, in between picks, you're talking 10, 15 minutes in between each one. You're you're sitting through an hour of New York picks, an hour. And then, I mean, once you get out of the first 10 picks, it's owned by New York. It's completely owned by New York. So you start to really understand why this draft is maybe a little flying under the radar, maybe a little bit disinterested by people, but then you get back to the Vegas aspect. And I'll tell you, look, they used to have it in New York City, and I've been to the draft a few times. I was at the draft experience the last time they were in New York. I was at the Super Bowl experience in New York, and and New York does it up well. But I think Vegas is going to go above and beyond. I think that they are going to add something here. So I hope that that does add something. What else usually adds to the draft fervor, we'll call it, and something that usually adds to the draft excitement is the potential trades of players on draft day that are on established teams. Now, this year, you have a couple of possibilities, but there's no sure, okay, that guy's probably going to go. There's no real blockbuster that I see happening on draft day. Now, that doesn't mean... That days after the draft, we won't see big-time names going. That doesn't mean that we may not see a name going, a big name going on draft day or the day before or whatnot. But the excitement behind it just isn't there. Can Jimmy Garoppolo be traded on draft day? Yeah, he could. Jimmy Garoppolo is certainly a name to watch. It's certainly a name that could be bandied about if you like draft picks. But the general positioning of most GMs out there and what everybody in the NFL circles are hearing are people looking to trade down, not to trade up. 
Big trades happen when you're trying to trade up. Big trades happen when someone that you love is falling off the board and you're going, I'm at 15, I got to go get this guy at 10. Think about the Chicago Bears last year with Justin Fields, right? So you start to go, oh, wait a minute. We didn't think we got a chance at this guy. Or oh, we really love this guy. Now we're afraid. And you start to position. But if no one's moving up and nobody cares to move up and everybody wants to move down, I don't expect big-time trades. So can Jimmy Garoppolo be traded on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, he certainly can. I wouldn't expect it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably a guy that would be traded closer to June, July, August than he is right now. I think they want to see what they have in Trey Lance. We have already had a lot of trades going on i mean matt ryan's in a different place for for example carson went somewhere else speaking of quarterbacks what about baker mayfield well baker mayfield would be a big name but is he a mind numbingly oh my goodness i can't believe it happened kind of name no we're all expecting baker mayfield will be wearing a different uniform for the opening day uh, of next year i'm fully expecting baker mayfield to be wearing a different uniform but I don't think he's necessarily destined to be drafted or traded on draft day. I don't think that the Cleveland Browns are an organization that are looking at Baker Mayfield and saying, yeah, we've got to get rid of you. And I don't see an organization in football right now going, all right, Baker's got to be our guy. You look at the teams that really do need a quarterback outside of Seattle. I don't really know if there's that team that absolutely needs a quarterback. And you look at Seattle and you look at the pairing with Seattle and what they're doing. Do they want to go in on a Baker Mayfield here for a year rental? Because that's really what he's going to be is basically a year rental. Or do you go move up or, or wait for your guy and kind of draft the third or the fourth best quarterback in in the draft and hope that a guy like Pickett falls or hope that a guy like Wilson or Willis falls? Do you do that? So I don't think Baker Mayfield is destined to go, even though he's one of the bigger names as well. Baker Mayfield, I expect to be on a different team, maybe after the draft. Maybe people start buying up after the draft and they go, okay, well, we got our guys this draft or we missed our guy and we could trade that weekend. But I don't think he gets traded on Thursday. I don't think we're going to wake up on Thursday and see Baker Mayfield on a different team. And if we do, is it really going to be that groundbreaking moment? So I, I don't love that. And then the big name that everybody's been talking about is Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel has been linked to multiple teams. He's been linked to Tennessee. I've seen Debo linked to the New England Patriots and specifically the New York Jets. The Jets are, from people that I've talked to, are offering number 10 pick and something else, like a third rounder for Debo. First of all, that's overpaying for him considering what Tyreek Hill just got. But the Niners are basically saying, yeah, that, that might not be enough. And the Niners are not in a position where they must trade him. We have to remember, we've had big trades here in the offseason. Matt Ryan was a big trade. Tyreek Hill was a huge trade. We've had these big trades. We've had them, guys. So when you're talking about big trades, we've already got our fair share. Baker Mayfield being traded, it doesn't seem in the cards. Debo Samuel, I don't know. I mean, a week ago, I sat here and I said, I think Debo's definitely playing on a different team to open up next year. I think the number 10 pick is too enticing to turn down. And it makes sense, by the way, for both teams because the New York Jets have two number one picks. They could get their guy, their top guy at number four and then trade away. And you leave the draft with your top number one guy. You leave day one of the draft with your top number one guy, your your big time target and Debo Samuel. Well, that's going to make the fan base happy. That's going to make your team just a better team. Sure. But I mean... You're going to have to add to that as well. And is that enough for San Francisco? I think it is. I'm still not sure that the trade gets done. 
I don't know if Debo's on another team. I, I, I tend to think that all three guys that I mentioned are playing for different teams next year. I tend to believe that. But I'm not completely convinced. I'm not completely convinced at all. So the things that usually drive the draft, big-time franchise-changing quarterback usually tra- changes the draft. Usually there's a, a consensus argument at the top. All right, who's going to be number one? Is it going to be this guy or this guy? Who's the number one quarterback? Do I like him or him? Who do I want to buy a jersey for, him or him? There's not a lot of that out there. There's not a lot of trade speculation among established players on who will definitely be traded, who's going to go to a different team. And this is what gets fan interaction. But I will say this, look, the draft does have immense talent. The draft does have top-of-the-line game-changing type of guys, just not at the positions you guys may want. The game, This draft certainly has a, the potential to look back and go, wow, that changed my franchise. But are there going to be a lot of guys in this draft that get the fans to that level of excitement? I'm not sure. I think the onus is going to be on Las Vegas because Las Vegas knows how to do things the right way. I think Las Vegas has got to present this the right way. Las Vegas has got to make this the absolute show that we know it can. Go watch a Vegas Knights hockey game, and you get a show even if you don't get a show on the ice. And I think that Las Vegas has to do that to bring this excitement back. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great draft. And more importantly, for our perspective and what we're talking about on this show, I think we can make some money on it. So let's take a quick time out. When we get back, I want to talk to you guys about where we can make some money, who's going to go number one overall, what the best positions are to fade against the public because the public has really been an impact here in the last three weeks or so. We'll get to that and more right after this on Wagering Week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What? Are the odds, and what are the odds? We're looking at the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Number one overall pick with massive line moving just this week. Trayvon Walker now is a minus 150 favorite. Aiden Hutchinson plus 140. You go down to Evan Neal, 16 to 1. Thibodeau is 20 to 1. Malik Willis, anybody believe in the quarterback? He is 40 to 1. And that is what are the odds? It is crazy. I mean, these number one draft picks are usually pretty determined. Well, I can tell you this, that according to what I'm looking at directly in front of me, and I took screenshots of these things, uh, on April 15th, 
Okay, so depending on when you're listening, less than two weeks ago, we'll say that. On April 15th, Aiden Hutchinson at DraftKings Sportsbook was minus 280 favorite. Trayvon Walker, you could have got it 3-1. to one, Plus 300 to be the first pick overall. Look at where it is today. Look at where it is today. I mean, this has been a massive jump up. And you could you could even go all the way up and you can say there was a point where you could get Walker 25 to 1 after the season ended. After the season ended, you could get him. Look, between Hutchin, Hutchinson and Walker, what I've heard internally from Jacksonville and the camp that is Jacksonville basically is that the owner likes one guy and the GM likes the other. Normally in these spots, it look, this isn't Major League Baseball. This isn't George Steinbrenner. Okay. Um, this is a spot where normally the GM kind of wins out. And the owner kind of says to him, well, if you bust and you don't get my guy, your job's on the line. So Walker moving to minus 150, I think they're going to get the guy that, that you really, you know, he's, he's going to be a, a, a difference maker one way or the other. But he's the guy that has the bigger upside from pretty much everybody that we've heard. Look, you can honestly argue that he wasn't even the best defensive player on the Georgia defense. Six sacks for Georgia, that's okay. But he's real athletic. He's a guy that gets to the quarterback constantly. Then the NFL Combine came out, and he was just unbelievable. Aiden Hutchinson is more of the, well, we have the number one overall pick. He's going to be solid, and we're going to be fine. That's kind of more of the player that he is. Eighth scoring defense in the country in Michigan. He had 14 sacks. So you look at how did he perform in big games? Well, even better. Three sacks against Ohio State. Three sacks against Penn State. Finished second in the Heisman. I mean, he had all the intangible. He had everything that you want from a kid like this. That's why he should have been the number one overall pick, or most people thought should be the number one overall pick. But as you see, the lines have massively, massively adjusted over the course of the time. Now, I've been somebody that sat here and I said, look, I would take Hutchinson. I like... For a Jacksonville team that is going through the rebound build and a Jacksonville team that actually already has some good defensive players like Allen and whatnot, I would actually be on Evan Neal. Evan Neal 16 to 1. But you gotta protect your main commodity. Your main commodity is Trevor Lawrence. You have to protect him. He is absolutely the number one offensive lineman off the board. And he's 16 to 1. Now, I don't think they're gonna take him. I love his st- his size. I love the fact that he could play. They could put him at guard. They could put him at tackle. He played both left guard, right tackle, left tackle, all played it for Alabama. So I think he's the number one offensive lineman. I just don't think he's going to go number one overall. But in a number one overall, my choice would be Hutchinson. I like a track record. I like that he's from a big-time school and performed well in big spots. I like that maybe he doesn't have the... MVP, defensive MVP upside, but I think that his floor is massively high. Meaning, you know you're going to get, look, if you want a 10-year starter out of this guy, this is what you're going to get. He's going to be out there every day. He's going to put pressure on. He's going to be a solid player. Uh, probably a couple of all pros, and that, that's who he's going to be. Now, you could look at Trayvon Walker, and you could say, yeah, maybe he's going to be that number one guy. Maybe he, he's going to be that defensive MVP, but I think that he can also have the bus tag attached to him as well. So, I don't love that Trayvon Walker's going here, 
But I'll tell you what, I'm not betting on it. Just a couple of days ago, I said, you know, I'm thinking about putting some money on Hutchinson. I'm going to wait till Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I'm going to throw some money on Hutchinson if I could get it at plus 140, plus 150. Well, it's plus 140 right now, and I've decided against it. Too many, too much line movement, too many people telling me different things. And I know we are in a situation here in the NFL draft where it's all about, hey, disinformation. There are paid teams, paid agents, paid assignments. Everybody's paid to kind of put out disinformation here. I think it's one of the few times that I'm not really sure who's going to go number one, but I've changed my opinion over the last seven days. I thought it was going to be Hutchinson. I said, I'm ignoring the noise. I just don't think Walker's the guy. I think you got to go Hutchinson. You almost It's got to be him. And the more that I hear and the more linemen I see, it's Walker, 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 and more Walker. So I'm staying away from the player to be chosen first overall because I'm thinking that it's probably going to be Walker, although I still think that there might be some value in Hutchinson. So I'm torn. I'm absolutely unabashedly torn here on who's going to go first overall. That's a bet everybody seems to love to, to make. It's not a bet that I'll be going near this year, but everybody seems to kind of go that way. Quarterback is the other bet that people love to take, and that's quarterbacks. Who's going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft? Well, Malik Willis has now jumped up, and he is minus 150. Kenny Pickett is plus 150. Desmond Ritter is 10 to 1. Matt Corral is 18 to 1. Sam Howell is 40 to 1. Carson Strong is 100 to 1. And Bailey Zappi is 100 to 1. Zappi Strong, you could cross out. Is there some kind of reach here? It, it, could you take a long shot on Sam Howell at 40 to 1? Well, I'll tell you this about Sam Howell. If he was taken last year, if he came out of the draft last year, Sam Howell at the end of the year was generally considered the best player coming out of this year's draft. And his stock fell this year. His stock fell pretty hard. And there are people out there that just flat out don't like what they see in what what they, he put out on tape. But I also have spoken to scouts, and I want to put this out there for you. I have spoken to scouts that will have told me he's still the most talented guy. He still has the most talent out there. He's still the guy that should be taken number one overall. But Malik Willis really rose up boards. And I was talking about Malik Willis for a couple of years here and what he very potentially could be. Depending on where you're shopping, minus 150. I, I've seen it Fox bet it's minus 165 or so. I've seen as low as 135. He has jumped up draft boards because of athleticism. We have spoken about this for a number of years where we are going into a new NFL and athleticism sort of wins out over the mindset, over can they play the position. Athleticism just makes eyes pop out. What you do have is you have a lot of egos. And look at what Trey Lance was. I am a guy that I did interviews with FCS correspondents on my shows about what Trey Lance and who Trey Lance was and what Trey Lance was all about. I've done that years ago because I think Trey Lance could be that good. I've done that. But I also understood he had to sit down for at least a year, maybe two. But when you look at a guy like Shanahan, you go, yeah, he's looking at this and he's drooling and he's saying, I can make him a quarterback. Well, I think Malik Wills falls into that same kind of vein. I think Malik Wills is now the number one overall quarterback at minus 150, not because of anything that Kenny Pickett did, not because of anything that even Malik Willis did, even though he had a nice pro day, but because I think that we're in a generation where you have coaches and offensive-minded 
coaches on the offensive side of things going, I can do this. Let me mold him. Let me have this guy. Let me try. And Malik Willis right now is probably pretty good odds at minus 150 going number one overall. I wouldn't take Ritter. I think Ritter's climbing up the draft board. I wouldn't take him. Matt Corral is actually falling down the draft board. He's at 18 to 1. All I've heard was negative stuff about Matt Corral. And, and it is looking more and more likely that Matt Corral is going to fall into the second round. Sam Howell at 41 would just be kind of a take a shot. Kenny Pickett plus 150. Now, Pickett's weird player because he clearly had the best year of any of these guys. He clearly was the guy that had the focus on him. Kenny Pickett is a sure, to me, a surefire pick. But what is he surefire at? And this is something that we have to get into when you're talking about specifically quarterbacks, but any of the draft. As fans, most of the time you're looking at, oh, that guy's going to change my franchise. He's going to be the best ever. Oh, man, he's going to be... Not GMs, not all GMs, (laughs) really look at it like that. A lot of GMs go, okay, let's get a consistent contributor here. We don't have to think he's going to be one of the top five players in the league. We don't have to think he's going to be a top 10 player in the league. You give me a consistent, stable contributor. And I'll I'll give you a comparison. A lot of general managers in football right now will take Kirk Cousins. People are still starting Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz is certainly not, and Kirk Cousins are certainly not top 10 quarterbacks, but they're certainly not bottom 10 quarterbacks. There are guys that, yeah, I could win with that guy. Yeah, I could win with him. And I think that that is an underrated aspect of how people are picked. Kenny Pickett, to me, is a stable quarterback. You throw him in there. I don't I don't think Kenny Pickett is winning Super Bowl MVP anytime soon or league MVP anytime soon. Super Bowls. I, I don't think that that's happening. But I think he, Kenny Pickett can develop into a guy that consistently is a playoff quarterback, consistently wins games. I think he can turn into a Kirk Cousins type of player. Sure. A Malik Willis might turn into a Patrick Mahomes type player. Or he might be a bust. So... The bust tag on Kenny Pickett, I think, is very low. But the upside is clearly on Malik Willis. For me, I'm not putting any money on Pickett because I see Willis kind of as the guy. Minus 150 is actually decent odds. If you could get it at the minus 135 that I saw today, okay, that's okay. That's decent odds. I might throw like 10 bucks on Sam Howell at 40 to 1. But I I don't think that that's going to happen. By the way, let's also sit back and talk about how many quarterbacks in the first round. Because this is an interesting prop play as well. Over-under quarterbacks taken in the first round is sitting at three and a half. The over is plus 190. The under is minus 278. Now, this is a big line, but they won't move this to three or to four because they like that half a number here. I don't know if four quarterbacks go. I, I tend to think that Willis and Pickett are sure. I think that they, they are surely first-rounders. Then do you get a Ritter or a Corral or a Howell in there? I'm going to think yes. I think I think one of those three go most likely Desmond Ritter, but I could see somebody moving up for a Corral. Maybe somebody falls in love with a Sam Howell and they just loved him since last year. I think we get three. I don't think we get four. I think that minus 278 is a very expensive price tag, but I think we get three. I don't think we get four. Now, I will say this, in the second round, let's say we get three in the first, I think Corral, Howell, and Strong all go in the second round. I think guys like Bailey Zappi go in the third. I think a guy like E.J. Perry out of Brown is a third round or a fourth round pick as well. So we may have upwards of 
eight, nine, ten quarterbacks taken in this draft. They're just not going to be top of the draft type of guys. Let's also go to um, NFL teams to draft Malik Wells. This is always fun. <clears throat> Who's going to go out there and get their new quarterback? Well, Carolina Panthers, we know that they've been in the Baker Mayfield conversation. They said, hey, we're going with Sam Donald, no problem. They also brought back Cam Newton last year. They were in the conversation for Deshaun Watson. Carolina and the Carolina Panthers know they have a quarterback problem. Carolina and the Carolina Panthers know they need to solve that quarterback problem. Plus 250 makes a ton of sense for the Carolina Panthers. Pittsburgh Steelers plus 350. Again, same situation. They know they don't have a quarterback on their roster. They do not have a starting quarterback on their roster. They also know that Ben Roethlisberger is gone. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 350 make a lot of sense. The problem is, do you think that it will get to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you think he will get to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, where they sit? That's that's more... Look, they are definitely going to... um, take a quarterback, I think. I think we could say they're definitely going to take a quarterback in the first round. But the question is, do they last to Pittsburgh at 20? That's the question. Can it, can they get down to Pittsburgh at 20? I'm not sure. Now, Carolina's at six. I think that's a big number to take Willis at. The other teams I'm looking at, well, let, let me give you the odds, and then I'll, I'll kind of get, go down. Uh, Detroit Lions at plus 350. Atlanta Falcons at plus 350. Seattle Seahawks at plus 350. The Saints at plus 750 and the Giants at 15 to 1. I think you go right off the Giants to me. Seattle makes a little sense at plus 350. So here's the draft order so we can go over this. Jacksonville's one, Detroit's two. They're not taking a quarterback. I don't even think Detroit at two is taking a quarterback. Sorry. Houston at three, not taking a quarterback. Many think maybe they should, but they're not going to. The Jets at four will not take a quarterback. The Giants at five will not take a quarterback. Carolina at six is going to be an interesting number. The Giants at seven, no. Atlanta at eight. I don't think they take them at eight. They want to trade down, maybe. Seattle at nine makes some sense. Then the Jets at 10, Washington at 11, Minnesota at 12, Houston at 13, Baltimore at 14. I don't see a quarterback anywhere. 15, Philadelphia, 16, New Orleans. 16 makes some sense as well. And then you get into New Orleans at 19 and Pittsburgh at 20. For me, I think that Willis goes... I don't think he, I, I don't know if he goes to Carolina at six, but I don't think he makes it past Seattle at nine. So that's where I'm looking. Unless Seattle makes a trade for Baker Mayfield, that's how I'm looking at this. That 1920 mark starts to become interesting because 1920 is New Orleans and Pittsburgh. And New Orleans and Pittsburgh both need a quarterback. New Orleans and Pittsburgh are both desperate for a, a starting quarterback, according to most draft analysts and what I'm looking at. Do you think that Willis falls that far? Absolutely not. Do I think Kenny Pickett could fall that far? I do. I I do. And I think that you have to start to look at that when you're looking at overall numbers. How about odds of the first wide receiver selected? I've made mention to this many, many times. I have, and I will say it here for the first time, I have already taken a bet of over five wide receivers taken in the first round. I laid minus 275. I did that a couple of months ago. It is now minus 275 over five and a half. And I've seen minus 115 at six. I think we get five, six. No, I think we even might get seven wide receivers in the first round. I think we get nine wide receivers in the first two rounds and very much might get 10 wide receivers in the first two rounds, if not Miller round three. So Gary Wilson's leading the way at plus two, uh, plus 110. Drake London plus 200. Jamison Williams at 200. Chris Olave, 18 to 1, 20 to 1. Traylon Burks, who I think might be the best out of this group. 
Jahan Dotson, 50 to 1, Watson, 50 to 1, Sky Moore, 75 to 1. Then you got guys in like Phillips and Turner and Mechie, all uh, about 100 to 1 or so, but they can all be taken. And that is kind of just a, a massive eye popping number. How about running backs? Well, the number for running backs to be taken in the first round of the NFL draft this year is a half. A half. And you're laying almost three to one to go under that. Doesn't look like a running back's being taken first. Now, Kenneth Walker III is looking like the first pick, minus 200. But I would take a little stab at Brees Hall plus 250. I think Brees Hall plus 250 might be the guy. Isaiah Spiller at 5 to 1, James Cook at 10 to 1. Kyron Williams at 20 to 1, Damian Pierce at 25 to 1. So you, you have a pretty deep group here. And I think the running backs are a lot better than people actually give them credit for. I'm just looking at this and saying, yeah, that is a big number. Also, by the way, if you want to take a shot at tight end, you could get a massive return. But I just don't see a tight end going in the first round. If you think that there's a wide receiver going, a tight end going in the first round, we'll jump all on top of this. You can get plus 500 back, it's minus 670 over under a half for tight ends. And that goes back to my original statement. My original statement being that it is going to be very difficult for the public and specifically fantasy players to get around the fact that while Pickett and Willis may go in the first round, they're not going to be fantasy contributors right away. No one's really drafting them high. Maybe a two-quarterback league, maybe as a, a backup quarterback, you take a shot at them. So from a fantasy perspective, I think it loses a little bit of interest there. There's not going to be a running back taken on the first day, or at least the odds makers don't think so. Now, can Hall and uh, you know these guys, can they, they, can they go up there and can they become something special for fantasy purposes? Of course they can. But day one doesn't even look like they're going to be taken. Doesn't look like any tight ends are going to be taken on day one either. So there goes that. So for fantasy-laden guys, and I'm only speaking to fantasy people because so much of the population of the NFL fan base is just fantasy-laden, fantasy-minded people. And for fantasy-minded people and people strictly looking at just fantasy football, you don't really have any quarterbacks that are going to move the needle on day one. You don't have any running backs on day one that should move the needle. You don't really have any tight ends on day one that will move the needle. And tight ends usually don't move the needle anyway. So you're looking at wide receivers. But here's what I say to you guys at wide, uh, for in the fantasy community why this draft can be so vital. If you were starting a dynasty draft tomorrow, there's a very good chance that your number one and number two picks are wide receivers in Jefferson and Chase. It's very possible that your draft would go 1-2, Jefferson and Chase. So if we're talking about a draft where the lines maker are expecting five, six wide receivers to be taken in the first round on day one, out of those five or six, you got to think one or two of them are going to be difference makers for fantasy purposes. You might be able to get three or four difference makers right away. This is not a league anymore and certainly not a position anymore where you need time to adjust. So, again, I'm bringing us back into the fray here where you have to think long-term. And if you're a fantasy player, if you're looking to make some bets, if you're looking at, at, at your team, whatever it might be, day one might not seem overly exciting to you, but the future is bright for a lot of these guys, and the future can be now for a lot of these guys. Since we're talking about the future, let's go back to the future. We're sending you back to the future. 
Bet to the Future. Bet to the Futures brings us to some of the trades that I mentioned earlier. What are the odds that Debo Samuel will be on a different team? Well, the 49ers are still the leading bet of where he will be to begin next year. Minus 150. The New York Jets plus 250. The Colts are 4 to 1. The Packers are 5.5 to 1. The Falcons are 8 to 1. Saints are 9 to 1. Titans 11 to 1. Eagles 15 to 1. And the Commanders are 18 to 1. For those worried about Baker Mayfield, well, it's only three odds, but the Panthers are minus 140, Seahawks plus 200, Texans plus 600, and the Browns are not on the list. That is bet to the future. And not to belabor the point, but that is pretty interesting. Nobody, uh, the odds are not even out there for the Browns. They're just not even, they're just not even there. Not even there. This is on on Fox Sports, by the way. Uh, Panthers minus 140, and I'm hearing that uh, that is just not a likely scenario. I don't know. I mean, Texans plus six to one might be worth a stab there. As far as Debo goes, I think it's the Jets or nothing. Jets or Niners, and that's why the Niners are minus 150. I'm not wholly convinced that he's gone. Plus 250 with the Jets seems intriguing. I'll say that. At least it's intriguing. It's it's got me thinking here, right? It's got me sitting back and, and we're thinking. All right, let's go over some draft positions now since we've gone over everything. These are the draft positions. This is pro- uh put up by Circus Sports. I'm reading this just because it's the latest odds that I've gotten. I've gotten them in the last 24 hours. So we'll go over this, and this is how we'll kind of end the show. I've given you kind of my bets, what I've leaned, what I like, where we're going with everything. So now I just want to go over draft positions. Now, this doesn't pay as much. Obviously, you're not going to get big returns. If you think Sam Howell's going number one, you get 40 to one. You're not going to get these huge returns. You're not going to also get massive big-time favorites as well. No tight ends in the first round, minus 670. By the way, I like that bet. (laughs) I do like it. Just kidding. I mean, how many? Are we really laying 670? I mean, I look, maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you're a guy that wants to lay, you know, whatever it is, 1340 to win 200 bucks. Maybe you're that guy. I, I just, uh, it seems seems like pretty free money, should I say? But look, none of this is that. So let's go draft position props. We'll start it off. Aiden Hutchinson is over under one and a half. To get the over under, uh, over is minus two and a half, minus 210. Uh, Trayvon Walker, one and a half. He's minus 210 as well, basically to go number one overall, which is what we've seen. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, three and a half, basically even money either way. Evan Neal, five and a half. This one's interesting to me. Look, he's not getting past the Giants. I can't imagine he gets past the Giants, right? Uh, I, I I just can't think that. So Evan Neal, to me, he may be the guy. He This might be pretty good. Look, I can't imagine he gets past the Giants at five. So the, the Giants, at, uh, getting Evan Neal under five and a half makes a lot of sense. So far, that's a bet that I like. Sauce Gardner, four and a half. I don't love it. And it's minus 160. Charles Cross, seven and a half. That's about right. Jermaine Johnson, 11 and a half. Malik Willis, we talked about this. 15 and a half for Malik Willis. 15 and a half. If you're liking that, if you're liking Willis to go Carolina at six, you may as well just take him to go under 15 and a half. Because if Carolina doesn't take him at six, maybe they trade back up to get him. I like the Willis under. I do. That that's a, That's a bet too. Evan Neal under. Malik Willis under for me. I like both of those unders. And it's, by the way, it's minus 115 from Malik Willis. I like that a lot. 
Garrett Wilson, I think he's the first wide receiver taken. His number's nine and a half. I tend to think the Jets are going to take somebody at four, but if they decide to not trade out, I could see him take him at 10, and then you lose by the hook. I, I, I'm, not, I'm talking myself out of that. Drake London's 11 and a half. He'll go high, staying away from that. The wide receivers are too up in the air because there's so many good ones. They're too up in the air for me. Kyle Hamilton is 12 and a half. Kenny Pickett is 18 and a half. Kenny Pickett, 18 and a half. Again, we said, we, we, we just talked about it, 1920 is that landing spot to me to Kenny Pickett. Could he move up a little earlier? Yeah, it's a dangerous pick. Jameis Williams, again, 10 and a half, the wide receiver, can't touch that. Jordan Davis, 14 and a half. Chris Olave gets back into that situation at 15 and a half. Devin Lloyd, 20 and a half. You know, first linebacker off the board, kind of. Traylon Burks, 22 and a half. I think he goes to the first round, but I, I think that's a good number. Desmond Ritter, 31 and a half. Here you go. Do you want Desmond Ritter at 31 and a half, or do you want the over under three and a half quarterbacks? I, I think Desmond Ritter under at 31 and a half is not a bad number. If you think that th there's going to be four quarterbacks taken, you might as well just take Ritter here. You might as well just take that. Dean, 32 and a half. Jamal Dotson, 29 and a half. Matt Corral, 32 and a half. Here's another spot. Matt Corral. Sam Howell, 46 and a half. I tend to like that as well. I tend to like all the quarterback unders here. So far, I'm liking all the quarterback unders, and I like Evan Neal under. That's what I'm leaning. Christian Watson, 38 and a half. George Pickens, 34 and a half. Brees Hall, we talked about. A lot of people are saying Brees Hall might be the first running back off the board. 39 and a half. Kenneth Walker is 56 and a half. So here's what you can do, all right? You want to talk about manipulating lines, and this is a great example. I love that we got to this example. Number one quarterback off the board, according to Fox Sports. Fox bets, okay? Number one running back, I should say, off the board, according to Fox bets, is Kenneth Walker at 2-1. to one. You get Brees Hall plus money. But Brees Hall is 39.5 at Circus Sports. Kenneth Walker is 56.5. So you can play double-edged double sword here. You can, you can assure yourself some money. And this is what you do with prop plays. You can really kind of manipulate the markets here. I like this a lot. I do. John Mechie, 67 and a half. Oh, I'm sorry, 57 and a half. Trey McBride, 47 and a half. James Cook, 69 and a half. And Carson Strong, 90 and a half. I think he's a third round pick. Yeah, that, that's about right. So when we read that off, you have to start to sort of manipulate the lines and you start, start to kind of dig through and pick through all this. I think I like... Most of, if not all, of the quarterback unders. I think Malik Willis goes in the first 15 picks. I think Kenny Pickett's, Kenny Pickett's the one I don't love. Kenny Pickett, I think he goes 19 or 20. He might go early. Look, somebody might trade up for him, but I think he goes 19 or 20. So I'm not going to, I'm not loving that. Desmond Ritter, I tend to think he's a first rounder. Matt Corral, mm, yeah, I probably won't take that either. Sam Howell, I, I sort of like that. All right, so so I don't like all the quarter. I, I lean all the quarterback unders, but I'm taking Willis under, and I probably will be on Desmond Ritter under. Those are the two that I probably grab. I do like the Evan Neal under. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. And I love the idea and the situation, what we can play with here, and the situation that we can certainly have with Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Because you can manipulate the market here with Hall and Walker, depending on where you're shopping, depending on where you're looking around. You can't really get burned on either. 
You know, if Walker's chosen first, he's going to be more than 50. The first running back in the draft is not going to go 58 or, or, or 57 or lower. I mean, no. He's going to be taken in the first round and a half or so. I don't think Kenneth Walker falls that far if you believe he's going to be first. So I would take, so if you want to know how you do this, you take Kenneth Walker under 56 and a half, and you take Brees Hall as the first running back taken at plus money. So you're not going to get burned either way. You could actually win both. Brees Hall could go first, and Kenneth Walker could still be taken at number 53 or something like that, and you can win both. But the only way you lose both of these is if Kenneth Walker is taken at 57, pick 57 or lower, 58, 59, whatnot, and, and that's before Brees Hall. So I like that we can manipulate the lines. Now, you're going to have to shop at different sources. you got to shop at different places. But this is kind of showing you how that can be done and how you can manipulate the markets to your advantage. I'm glad that we, we ran across this. One of the other things that I do want to mention, I left this player out because it is a matter of getting you prepared for next year. I'm not only talking about this year, which obviously we only have a couple of hours, depending on when you're listening, 48 hours, 24 hours, whatever it might be. You might be listening an hour before the draft. Whatever it may be, you've got to watch just the value leading up to the draft. And at times, you've got to be quick on the draw. And the guy that I left out of all this is the guy that has gotten the most publicity, the most promotions. He's every time you open up Twitter, he seemingly is there. His name is there. What he's done is there. And that's Derek Stingley Jr. This is nothing against Stingley Jr., who is a tremendous quarterback coming from a cornerback school like LSU. Probably the second best cornerback off the board after Sauce Gardner who a lot of people, were, were, you could probably argue he should go number one. That That's fine. Gardner is projected to go before him. But it's the market that I want to talk about. Derek Stingley Jr., a month ago today, the over-under was 13 and a half. So you can go under 13 and a half. Now, there are quite a few teams looking for a corner here. Now, I don't think Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston are going to take that. I don't think the Jets are the Giants. Maybe the, maybe the Giants do with their second pick. Uh, that's possible at number seven. You can look at Atlanta at eight. Going to be possible. Seattle at nine is possible. Washington at 11, certainly. He's been really linked to Minnesota at 12. And that's kind of, I like Derek Stingley at under 13 and a half when it came out because I really started to hear Minnesota at 12. Now, that was a month ago. Three weeks ago, or not even three weeks ago, right? A, a day less than three weeks ago on April 6th. It was 12 and a half. It had moved down. Well, he's had a great pro day, and he looks great, and he can jump real high, and look how fast he is, and he's everywhere, and oh my goodness. And his promotions team have done a fantastic job on promoting him because he is getting all the momentum. He is getting all the hype. So it went down to 12 and a half, and I said, you know, I just don't think he's getting past Minnesota. I think the Vikings are targeted to go get a young cornerback. He fits their team. He fits their label. He fits what they need. He fits everything. To me... That's a good spot still. So from 13 and a half to 12 and a half, didn't really move my opinion all that much. I said, okay, and that was three weeks ago, less than three weeks ago. I said, I, I still like it. I still like Derek Stingley at that spot. Then eight days ago, it was 10 and a half. Eight days ago, Derek Stingley Jr. was 10 and a half. Now I got into a spot of going, all right, 
Can can he get past the Jets? Well, what if the Jets trade that tent to San Francisco? I don't, I don't know if they're taking a corner there. Well, I'll see. Yeah. So I'm looking at Seattle and Atlanta. All right, well, now, yeah, you know, I'm not sure. And I started to really question it. I didn't love... I targeted him for Minnesota. So I didn't love... I like the 13.5 under, sure. 12.5 under, getting a little dicey. I still like it. No problem. Not getting past Minnesota. Now it's 10.5 under as of eight days ago. I don't love it. Well, 24 hours ago, Circus Sports put this out. Draft position props. At Circus Sports in Las Vegas, right now, Derek Singlet Jr. is 8.5, guys. 8.5. Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, Jets, Giants, Carolina, Giants, Atlanta. That's it. Eight teams. He's got he you he's got to go in the first eight picks, and when you're saying that, you're also basically saying he's going to be taken before Sauce Gardner. Y- you almost have to say that. Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, and the Jets. One, two, three, four. More than likely, will not take him. You're talking about Hutchin, Hutchinson, Neal, uh, maybe Thibodeau, right? And of course Walker. One, two, three, four. Not going to go. I don't think the Giants take him at five. So now you're going 6-7-8, Carolina Giants, Atlanta. I'm not sure. I think the Giants, I, I do. I think the Giants would be the team, especially if Carolina, you're looking at Carolina maybe taking Willis. So all of a sudden, a player, and this is how you have to read the market, and this is why you don't just sell into something and say, well, I love it. Derek Stingley Jr., I liked it a month ago at 13 and a half. I liked it three weeks ago at 12 and a half. I could have swallowed it at 10 and a half. I, you know, I didn't like that a week ago. Now it's eight and a half. This is a massive market manipulation here, and you could have middled this beautifully. And that's a spot where I want you to think about next year. You jump on guys early, and if they're going to have a great pro day, the minute a guy has a great pro day, you jump on it that day, then the pro day. It takes some time for people to go, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was that good at the pro day. And you start to move it down. You could have got a middle situation here. You get a middle situation, there's nothing perfect, nothing better than that. And what I'm talking about middling it out is if you got under 13 and a half and you take over eight and a half, if he goes nine, 10, 11, or 12, even 13, you get a double win. That's an interesting concept to watch out for. And you do see it happening, especially shopping around, especially being alert, especially being alert in the last minutes of the draft, in the last you know week or so of the draft. You can certainly grab your position and buy out of your position. I, I got it at minus 13. I, I got it at under 13 and a half. I'm on it at under 13 and a half. I'm taking it over the eight and a half. I'm doing it as soon as I get off the radio here. I'm taking it over 18, eight and a half because I want to middle it. I'm going to middle this out. So... That's where you start to kind of manipulate this thing. I hope I gave you guys a lot to chew on. I hope I gave you guys a lot to make money on. Again, be cautious with this. This is still just a kind of proposition type of play. It's still not go out there and spend big time money on the draft. And even though if you like it a lot, you can make a lot of money. But make sure you put the odds back in your favor and make sure you're very careful with the draft. But enjoy it. Enjoy Thursday. Enjoy the full draft weekend. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back. And you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.